Nikki's website, yeah. the first option, the only option is, it <laughs> says Nikki Hadzidis, actor, writer, and then it says, enter. <laughs> is gonna, that aggressive? I'm going to enter <laughs> this I like, website. I like that the photo switch. I, th- I feel like maybe mine should do something like that, it's, too. It's fun. Yeah. It's a good touch. It's yeah. a good touch. I realized, because I know nothing about technology and websites, uh, when you put a lot of them up there, it just does it on its own. Mm. I know. <laughs> um, good morning, everyone. Uh, w- if maybe it's morning for you, but it's definitely morning for us. <laughs> my name is David Andrew Laws. Welcome to Dress for the Podcast You Want. My ge- co-host today. Your you're what? I co-host? almost said guest, but I'm going to introduce you first. My go-host. <laughs> yep, that's yep, me. My go-to co-host yep. is Megan Greener. Hello. How are you? Oh, fine. Holding what? a cup of curfew. Megan for Scott. The, for the gerhurst. Megan Scott curfew. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it is the morning. <laughs> it is the morning time. We are still drunk. No, we're not. <laughs> um, and our guest today is, did I say your name right? Right-ish? Earlier? I, how did you say it? Ooh, let me say it again. Our guest today is Nikki Hatsidis. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Greek. It is Greek. Very Greek. Well. Not very Greek. It is, well, compared to other Greek names, it's quite short and easy to pronounce. Fair I enough. think the Z just kind of freaks people out a bit. Will you tell us your real first name? Absolutely not. Damn it. <laughs> I got it in my phone, oh, but I can never remember it. It's absolutely. very Greek. Her first name, very Greek. It's very Greek, it. yeah. Um, and this is Dress for the Podcast You Want. It's a podcast about success. Megan's got coffee. Yep. Nikki's got coffee. Always. I've got a cider. <laughs> uh, she sure, he sure does. Because I have a problem. My problem is too successful. No, I have a lot of problems this morning. <laughs> you know, one of my problems is we watched The Brave Little Toaster last night. Which does why, why would you do that to yourself? That yeah, it does not get better as you get older. Is I imagine freak- it doesn't. When's the last time you watched The Brave Little Toaster? I don't even know. I think... You've seen it. Oh, for sure. When you were a child. I was definitely like six or eight. Oh, my God. Uh, I was young. The weird thing is, like, I kept telling him when we were getting further into the movie... Mo- the movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie, I... I was like, I'm not remembering any of this. So I think when I was a kid, I saw like maybe the first half hour a lot. Yeah. And then I don't think I just had the focus to keep going. I, on the other or, hand, like just knew the lyrics and, I stopped watching it. and was singing along <laughs> and was like jamming and remembering that first song. I, I love that first song. There was music. See, I it's think a I've musical. Blocked, I think I've blocked most yeah. of it out. The only music I remembered was them dancing to Little Richard in the beginning when they're cleaning the house. No, I remember there's a house. Yep. Then they like lose their family and they try to follow them. Is that right? They've lost him from the beginning. In the very beginning, uh, they're getting the house clean because they're like maybe. Our, our kid, who they keep calling the master, which is really weird. <laughs> Maybe the master will come back. And then the air conditioner, who's played by Phil Hartman doing a Jack Nicholson impression, yeah. uh, tells them, like, you're all stupid. He's not coming back. Uh, and so they all go on a grand whirlwind adventure I to find the master. Yes. That's the one. That's yeah. the that's the part everyone yard. remembers yep. is there's a like very meatloaf-esque song <laughs> called Worthless uh, while the cars <laughs> are being crushed meatloaf. into cubes. Yes, I remember the cubes. Um, it's wild. It's a well, wild A lot of very time. power orchestra, piano, and yeah. Surprisingly mature, but un- not... But surprisingly, not very sexual. There was mm-hmm. one overtly sexual line where the uh, vacuum cleaner said to the air conditioner, or no, oh. the air conditioner said, What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Suck me to death. And we were like, and we, Excuse me. We, we burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, oh my god, I'm dying. What's happening? <laughs> oh no. Oh. oh my god, I'm so sorry. That must have been terrible. But <laughs> but then when the t- brave little toaster has a dream and a giant fireman clown oh. tells him to run. Yeah. It's so weird. It was very animated Stephen King it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was when did it when did it come out? When did the the miniseries come out? Was it around that time? Cuz the first mm. one, there's it's a trilogy. Who knew? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. What? 1987, The Brave Little Toaster. Brave Little Toaster which opens on complete silence on a tr- like a like a dead tree and then the title. Like it's really surreal. <laughs> uh then ni- then 10 years later, 1997's Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue where they rescue a bunch of animals from being tested on. Hmm. And then 1998's The Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. So they waited 10 years on a fucking sequel and they were like Let's just do it again, I guess. It's like they couldn't decide which one they wanted to do for a sequel, so they were like, let's do both. I don't know. I didn't realize it had sequels. Not a clue. I I had no idea. Well, I'm glad you watched it for all of us. We didn't watch the others. (laughs) We didn't watch the rest of the trilogy yet, but we're fucking gonna. We're gonna. Okay. You'll be there. All right. Archie and I will watch it. Hello? (laughs) Very brave. (laughs) Like the little toaster. Like the toaster. Um, But I digest. Mm. Uh, Nikki. (laughs) Digest? Yes. I am aggressive. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us look at your website that someone made. Someone did make it. Um, Let's talk about that in a sec, though, because I got to ask you the first question, which is, do you consider yourself a successful person? (laughs) Um. (laughs) I want a super cut of all the sounds people make before they answer this question. (laughs) Of people going... (laughs) You know, I kind of like lost my breath there for a second. Um, I have my moments. I'm in a moment where I quite honestly don't feel very successful Mm. at the moment. But at the moment. At the moment. I have my moments. um, And friends of mine or, you know, people who are close to me would be like, you've had an amazing year so far. What is wrong with you? But um, I guess... Uh, yeah, I've been really stressed out about this question Yay, all week. Yay, good. Um, let's, because, let's exercise that stress. Yeah, because um, I think we put like uh, goalposts of where we think success is. And we're like, well, when we reach that goalpost, we are successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've set that goalpost for me a couple years ago and I have not reached that. Oh, what was the goalpost? My goalpost was that I will consider myself a successful artist person when I use my creative skiers, my mm. <laughs> creative skills, whether it be writing or acting or anything that falls under that category, yeah. um, to make a living mm-hmm. when I can get rid of like my quote-unquote survival job. For sure. Um. Or that my survival job is something that I'm as passionate about. Right. I want to talk uh, about that. Know, I want to talk yeah. about what you posted the other day or oh. like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, about the job fair? About the job fair. Yeah. Ooh. I don't want to poo-poo on the job fair, but Nikki poo-pooed on the job fair. I was so... I was insulted. I almost went. I'm, I'm, now I'm glad. What? I was what so happened? insulted. So I, I found it was on Playbill, I think. Sure. I saw it on, on social media somewhere. I don't know. Um, there was a... Um, 
a job fair that was being hosted somewhere downtown in one of the studios we've been in a million times for auditions and rehearsals and stuff like that. And I was like, there's going to be definitely like a catering agency and a temp agency. But like, I was optimistic that they would be a little more creative with the options that are available to actors, as Mm -hmm. we have many skill sets, Mm -hmm. not just standing where we're told and Mm -hmm. saying stuff. Um, There were five companies there. Only five? Yes. I don't think that's that's fair. That's not a fair. It's not a job fair. It was only going to be an hour, and it was for free, which is what I was like. I was like, sure. And there was going to be like some kind of like financial like. Yeah, that lady. I got that lady's email. I was was interested in that, but I didn't have time. I stayed for 13 minutes. Cool. I counted. I waited for everyone to introduce themselves, and I left. There were two um, temping agencies. Two catering agencies, which one doubled as a temping agency, so technically three (laughs) temping agencies. And there was one realtor, which you would, I guess, is a little outside the box, but you would also need a license and training and take classes. You could get those things. We have a good friend who's an artist realtor. I'm not poo-pooing on realtors, no. but it's if it was my passion to help people find sure. somewhere to live, maybe. If I were a it realtor, <laughs> I would use those powers for bad. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, well, this is my new apartment, and <laughs> this apartment that's been on the market for a year is yeah. my new rehearsal space, and I have keys to everywhere in the building yeah. and in the city. And in I my know. Life. Sorry, I no. need to interrupt you. Please, I, inter- please <laughs> interrupt me. I will just go on and on. Mm-hmm, he will. And on and on and on and on and on and on. Okay. Well, um, I know a bunch of people who are actors and are doing that, and it's being it's sort of being advertised more and more now that they want actors to do that kind of job. Sure. However, I'm like, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. I know that jobs like that take over your life. I think it's yeah. the opposite, but good. I think it's oh, right. I, I did it. I did it wrong, didn't I? It's fine. But yeah, of course they do. They become your career. Yeah, they become your career. Yeah. And I'm like, because, I mean, the commission sounds nice. Yeah. But I, again, I don't want to go around, especially in this weather. Yeah. No, in the subway be. or in, in like cabs with people who are like, I don't know, like, what can I get for like $2,000? And it's, you're like, yeah. a box. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's the, the fear of the energy at least for me, the energy output that it would take to gain yes. that commission and then the next one when that output could be put somewhere else that I yes. want it to be. Yeah. Yes, no, mm-hmm. absolutely. And yeah. it, like like anything, you know, like right now, I mean, I didn't expect this to be my <laughs> forever survival job, but I babysit my nanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did that full time for about a year and it took over my, like I was like, well, I'll make my rent in a week and then I can totally like work on writing and stuff on the weekends or I wouldn't have the energy to come home and cook, let alone Mm. look at casting sites. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't, or I would do it. Like I would have to wake up really early because this was in Brooklyn and I live in Harlem and I did a lot of reading on the subway. You guys, yeah, I read so many books for sure. I missed that time just for that. Um, but, um, when the, I was like, well, I'll do work when the kid is napping, they'll nap maybe for two, three hours a day. I would have to nap at that time. Oh, I was exhausted. No. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I, like, I got to get here at eight, which means I had to get up at six. Ugh. And um, yeah, it just, it was horrible. And, but like, and I think, I think I've mentioned this, this to you offline. I feel bad about complaining about the job because a lot of the times I'm not doing anything. The kids are asleep. Sure. I'm on the couch. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of time to do stuff. But 
it just it isn't I've done it for a really long time and I just don't want to do it anymore and I'm I've been looking for a new survival job for like two years um anyone's hiring um (laughs) uh just anything and like you know, you go to job fairs like that and you're like, well, the only thing available to you is holding a tray and smiling yeah. or yeah. can you answer the phone? And you're like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I want to do something. <laughs> I don't want to do either of those things. As cheesy as it sounds, I want to do something where I feel like I'm contributing or mm-hmm. that it matters or that like I'm using my skills for good. That doesn't sound cheesy. That sounds very uh, like necessary for your soul to not exactly. die. Exactly. <laughs> so... You know, I am stuck in my survival job, um, but you know, I'm going. Th- I'm going through a moment. <laughs> one, my, my, one of my friends from college calls it. You're you're in the dark place. Yeah, it's my, fine. I think my question from the initial <laughs> response of that question was, uh, you, you said like I have my moments, and yeah. so like how how long has this moment been, and like w- um, what was it tinged by? Was it tinged by a moment of success? Like, you know, I think. On the outside, some people might say that you're experiencing burnout because my Mm. first half of the year was very, very hectic. Mm. Um, I wrote in the first four months of the year, I wrote seven things. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, Wait, is it seven? No, eight. I lied. It was eight things. And like what category are these things? Seven words. (laughs) So so four of those were like 10 minute short plays that were part of a playwriting competition (laughs) where I had to write a short play a week. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I was a finalist. I made it to the final round, Mm -hmm. which was it was really fun. Um, It was a cash prize. I won. Uh, Well, I didn't win. I won second prize. Yeah, I won cash, which is always great. Um, Then I do. I've done this reading uh, reading series before called Love Drunk with uh, Rain or Shine Productions. Hashtag Love Drunk. I love Love Drunk. It's great, and they're great guys. Kelly and uh, Matthew are great guys. Um, Where you have to write uh, a twelve minute, uh, up to twelve minute play off a vintage photograph Mm. like using that as your stimuli i love that it's great um and so i wrote two of those for march (laughs) um i also was rehearsing during all this time for a show in april wow as an actor as an actor oh my god oh yeah Um, we did a bad job of introducing nikki nikki is an actor and a playwright yeah i do Mm -hmm. both uh, more at writing than acting, but yeah. Was raised and nanning in the midst of all that. And nanning in the My midst of all of that. My God, there are enough, <laughs> not enough hours in the There day. aren't. There she aren't. Was, she was raised in Greek immigrant family in a quiet <laughs> college town in southeastern Massachusetts that she always felt was too small for her. Are you going to read my entire bio? Not the entire <laughs> bio, but I am going to read each word in your bio. Um, um, <laughs> and then, so um, I also helped write the play I was in. I should mention that. Wow. So maybe it's nine things. And then, <laughs> and then in April, I had to write a one act, a solo piece that I've never ever written. I've never written a solo piece before, and it really scared me um, for a company out in the UK that I had worked with, um, which went up, I think, the first week of June or the last week of May. But I had to write that. So and was, and was that taking place in the UK or was that here? In the UK. Wow. Yeah. So I actually haven't seen it. I, w- I was told it'd be filmed. I'm, I'm waiting for that. But um, so all of that happened. I also had somewhat of a social life during that time, believe it or not. And so that was <laughs> and in the successful time? I think so. I mean, I, I, find, <laughs> I think I'm successful when I'm super busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Because I've had a lot of spouts of time where I've done 
nothing. Like when I was living in the when I was living in the UK, um, the two years out of drama school were just survival jobs. Mm-hmm. There was no creative outlet because no one wanted to hire me for speaking roles, and there was no like. Um, yeah, it was um, babysitting. I worked at a theater, and I also taught after school like drama and art clubs. Cool. So, so can you can you talk about that a little bit? The, uh, yeah. the not wanting to hire you for speaking roles. Oh when yeah, you're over at the UK. So um, I know many. I know I know a few Americans who have been over there, and most of them ha- had had the same experience I did. I <laughs> probably the most impulsive, stupid slash brave thing I ever did was. Um, moved to the UK when I was 18, never having been there before, wow. so I could do my undergrad. Wow. Because <laughs> I was like, screw this town. I'm not going to um, the college that's basically in my backyard. I am leaving. To go to the Guildford School of Acting. I went to the Kingston. Oh, wait, no. I went to Kingston University oh, so for you're a my master's. First. Oh, shit. Yeah, I have yeah. a master's degree. You went to Kingston University, London. I did. And um, it was uh, a three-year course that specialized in physical theater and devised theater. Um, and, and jazz I'm, singing. And I minored in music. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, they don't call it a minor, but that's what it technically was. Mm. Um, and the first two years were great. I was loving it. Um, and then the third year came along and I was like, what am I going to do? I don't want to go back home. I want to stay here for as long as possible. And I had an EU passport, so it kind of made things a lot easier. But um, for a while there, I wasn't sure if I could stay in the country. And um, I got into drama school at the Guilford School of Acting. Mm-hmm. And um, I did not have a good time there. I did oh, not. No. I did not. It was a year long pro. It was a year long program. I think I was too young. I was twenty one. Mm. I think emotionally, I wasn't mature enough to do it. Got it. Um, was it was it designed for people that had been out doing their thing for a bit and then came back for like a polishing? It was a mix because mm-hmm. we had um, we had people who like were biology majors that came and did it. That um, the older the oldest person in our class I think was in his forties when he was there, but mostly it was people in their thirties and mid twenties, and then there were two or three of us that were. Uh, my age mm-hmm. um, that were doing it straight out of their undergrad. Yeah. And you know, like any drama school, they build you up, they break you down to build you back up into mm. what they want. And I wasn't confident enough to deal with it. And along during that whole time, they were like, oh, you're an American. That's a niche. Hold on to that. But you need to also hold be, on to that. Hold on to that. But you need to also be convincing as British. Oh. The industry is not going to want you if you're not British. Which was something an agent told me too. An agent told me that I should come up with a backstory. <gasps> I should pretend to be British until I signed a contract. Wow. Yeah. On top of that, he told me I should learn some Farsi <laughs> oh, because of my look. That's racist. Yes. Wow. He's like, learn some Farsi because you have, you know, you have a look. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> um, the agent, <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. You have a look. I know. And the agent that finally signed me, and he was horrible, like, I fired him, and he, it was, oh, it's a whole thing, because he was an ass about it, but... Do you, um, speak, you speak Greek, I, I speak assume. Greek, I'm you fluent. You should have, like, said, like, yeah, I do have a look <laughs> in Greek. Yeah. Like... Well, the, I was going to say, the agent told me, um, he's like, uh, and this should have been a red flag, but I was young, and I just wanted to be signed, because yeah. over there... An agent is the be and an end all. If you yeah. don't have an agent, you're not going to go up for parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have graduated from a, a, a school. Yeah. Here, mm-hmm. people don't care where you, you can do studied. It's whatever. Um, but he was like, um, I don't know how to sell you because you have a Greek name, but you're American and you look Greek, but you live here in the UK. And I'm like, 
that's kind of your job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. That sounds like a you problem. Oh my like, God. He, what the fuck do you think the Americans do every day? I know. <laughs> and he wanted me to change my name, and I told him absolutely not, because mm-hmm. that was one thing in drama school. Well, there were two things that I got from it, but one thing was like, do not, under any circumstances, change anything about you that makes you unique and makes you memorable in the room. If you had 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 to change your name for a stage name, what would it be? I don't. I don't even know. Megan, same I don't question. Don't even know. I'm, uh, what for the sake of like, there's another Megan Greener out there yeah. in the business. And they said you you have to. You have to. You can't do a middle name or a middle initial. You got to change your name. What would it be? Uh, I had this hypothetical conversation with my friend Lauren a couple of years back. Uh, what is it? Um, I think we settled on like my paternal grandma's maiden name or something like that mm. like which uh it's quarter but it starts with a c it's not like quarter like a oh, right, right, right. Not 25 cents uh-huh. right. um like i don't know we were playing around with combinations of stuff but we didn't settle on one ask me what mine would be what would what? Be? glenda jackson jr <laughs> no i would be jack fox jack fox jack fox mm-hmm. that'd be mine that sounds like a secret or- agent Thank you. <laughs> My maternal grandma's name was McDevitt, but it's Ooh. like Megan McDevitt. But I don't know if that's just like Irish maid. No <laughs> matter what, you're an Irish maid. Oi, Megan McDevitt. Um, it's yeah. I think mine would have to if I would go by maiden names. Mine would still be very ethnic, mm. very Greek. Well, but that's not that's not a have to. You get to you get to pick. Right, right? I get to pick. What oh, would you right, right. I'm, I don't know. Susan. Well, well, the thing is, is they would have to. Well, I think I'd keep Nikki because I'm used to that. A Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nikki. I don't. Yeah. Silver. No, that's. It enough. would have to be something very kind of generic and, I guess, Anglo. Fox. Fox. And then we yeah, can right. be related. Anglicized. Oh God. <laughs> but it, I mean, yeah. And to be to be completely honest, everyone who was telling me that stuff was right. <laughs> what is the Anglicized version of of Adidas? I don't know. Um, Hat. Hats, Hat. hats. I maybe I'd shorten it. Hats, I don't know. hats and bags. Adidas. <laughs> Nikki hats and bags. Hats and bags. I had a I had a friend that I went to drama school with <laughs> yeah. here in New York, but she she is from England and yeah. and, and then came over here. Uh-huh. And she had done the whole like undergrad grad school thing over there first, and then came here. Yeah. And uh, she was like, "Yeah, over in the UK, it's it, it, even if you are born in the UK." You're still dealing with so much more of an exclusive club. Oh, absolutely. Th- which like 12 people are the members of and mm-hmm. nobody else is in. Mm-hmm. And just like here, it's kind of, it's something where like, if you want to put your whole energy into into acting, you better have someone footing your bill, like mm. for rent and mm. all that stuff. Because like, it's it, I, there was an article in uh, the stage a few years ago that said that acting in the UK especially has become a very elite uh, job. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. And Gotta I think have that's a patron. I don't know. I think that's sort of happening here too, where if you could spend all your time doing it, maybe maybe you would get further. I don't know. Sort of. I feel like the American uh, theater scene is sort of going this the way of the American economic scene where mm-hmm. the middle class of actors are disappearing mm-hmm. and they're either like people who are always on Broadway yeah. and get paid Broadway mm-hmm. prices and they're people who get paid nothing and do catering. Mm-hmm. And there's like no living wage yeah. in yeah. the middle because um, uh, that's all any artist wants is to just be able to subsist on their, yeah. on their oh, art form. I right? have a like, very low bar of a goal. It really <laughs> is, I right? really do. So people come on and they're like, I want to be on Broadway. I want to yeah. win awards. Yeah. And it's like, I want to eat. I want to eat mm. off 
my talents. Yeah. Yeah. I'd- but I'll say this because I, because I was stressing about this question all week. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there, I like it reminded me of something that happened about a year or so ago. I was home for um, some holidays. That's the only time I go home. But um, I'm in my childhood bedroom, mm-hmm. which is now half my childhood bedroom from high school and half a walk-in closet slash storage space. Nice. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know if it, ever you guys go home or if your childhood bedroom My exists. My brother's room is like that yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. It's a very strange thing. And um, I'm sitting there in my bed and I look up and there's this thing which... We used to call a collage, uh-huh. but now it's. I now think we call it would, a vision, a vision board. board. You would oh. call it a vision board. It's this um, cushioned, like ribbon pin board thing that you like slide pictures in or whatever. Cool. I made it when I was twelve, <gasps> and it's just got a lot of like um, horses. <laughs> no, it's got like it's got a lot of color. I've got magazine clippings. I've got like buzzwords up there. I've got like places I wanted to visit. All this stuff. Um, it's, uh, very arty, uh, acting is up there a lot, music and all this stuff. And I'm looking at this board about a year ago, um, from the time I was 12 and I'm like, I've done all this stuff. Like I've done, I've seen all these places that were on this board. I've lived in some of them. Like New York was up there, like in the skyline. I'm like, well, I live there now. Yeah, that's my house. Um, uh, you know, my life does have a bit of color in it. And it's it's not boring um, at times, mainly because I make really dumb and rash decisions. Great. And, um, <laughs> you know, um, I am acting. I am writing. And I'm like, 12-year-old me would be like, bitch, what's your problem? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. what is your problem? Yeah. Like, look at all the stuff you, like, you did all this. I guess I should have been more specific about pay. Let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this. I should have had a financial oh, yeah. plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What's your problem? My problem is I know what I want and I'm not someone who settles for anything less. And because I don't have what I want right now, it's upsetting me. But it feels like, and so we, Nikki and I, Nikki and I have known each other for a while yeah. and we got, got together a couple of weeks ago to talk about writing specifically. Cause mm-hmm. I, I love writing. I love the exercise of writing, but I can't fucking do it right now. And I just like, I'm not in a place in my life where I can write. And so I want to talk to Nikki who from an outsider's perspective, like is always trying to meet deadlines and is writing plays that are selling out. And this is, is like, this is how you were describing her to me the other yeah, day it's when, true. when we knew you were coming. Yeah, yeah. Look at her. Like this she's is the writer who is always on a deadline. She's always got something that she needs to be doing right now. Um, and I am that person because that's the way I keep myself <laughs> grounded for sure. Yeah. Um, I forgot my question. Sorry, because I went to no. I just we were talking about writing motivation. Right. I told you I had none. Uh, at the moment you asked her what her problem was I asked you what your problem problem was was. you told me what your problem was and then I said in response to that she said she knows what she wants Uh Uh (laughs) uh-huh this has been a good recap of the episode for anyone who's just joining us (laughs) (laughs) who's joining halfway through um well fuck I don't remember I, but I mean, think, I think you're super cool. That's thank all. Thank you. I think you, I I think you're that. super Maybe cool. Co- I, the actual question will come to you eventually. <laughs> Maybe I could just keep talking about how cool you are. I see you post on social media. And I'm always, like always like always like that's funny. Nikki's funny. <laughs> or like that's <laughs> insightful. You. Nikki's insightful. Because like, a lot of the time it's just me in my bedroom laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you it share is, it. It astounds me. You gotta try it on somebody. I know. <laughs> it astounds me when I'm in a room of like. The thing is, is that 12 years, I've never planned to write. That was never, ever a plan of mine. Mm. I started writing because 
I hated the roles that were available to me and what was being posted on casting sites. And I was like, I don't want to play Mike's girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> whose only prompt is she loves Mike. And doesn't have a name. It's just <laughs> it doesn't Mike's have girlfriend. a name. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, I'm not, I don't think I'm a writer, but... I can do better than this crap. I was about to say, sometimes I, when I see yeah. stuff, I just go, if this can get published, I can write. Yeah, exactly. So it astounds me now that I go to places. I didn't say anything specific. No, Megan's no. I, I was thinking like, of what you told me last night. That you're a writer and you just you just don't want to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is what I said. Yeah. Megan, yeah. Megan is an actor and an educator, and I think she has the capacity to be so much more she just doesn't want to. I, I wrote a lot more when I was younger, like right. especially coming out of college and stuff. But um, I guess the, the my when I was acting training, that was all I had the time for. So mm. I think anything else that was maybe blossoming, yeah. I buried mm-hmm. pretty deep and was like, nope, not now. Yeah. And now I have trouble letting it out. Well, and that's yeah. why I've been buried for so long. I wrote to my favorite author a couple of years ago now and was like, hey, I really like writing, but I have a hard time with motivation, and I. I know that writers like the 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 you know trope is like you got to write every day. If it's good, it's bad. It's crap. Yeah. Whatever. You have to write every day. Is that true? Do you do you think that way? And he wrote me back and was like, "It sounds like you're just not supposed to be a writer. If you mm. if you wanted to be a writer, you'd be a writer. You'd do it every day and you'd do it." And I was like, "Fuck. Well, cool. I guess you're right." <laughs> See, it's funny because. Um, when we met up and we talked about um, how I hate that people introduce me as a playwright now mm-hmm. instead of an actor. Because mm. it I did was both, never but my, I think I did it I in know, the wrong order. But it's I'm fine. Sorry. It's really fine. But it's like that's something that bothers me because play a writing was a necessity. Sure. Um, it was a creative outlet because I wasn't going on auditions. I wasn't getting called in. I was like, you know what? Uh, like I'll use this and like I've found success quicker in writing yeah. mm-hmm. than I have in acting um, how interesting yeah what a, like kind of reminds me of somebody like Stephen Adley Giergis I don't I wonder if he has like the same feelings I wouldn't mm-hmm. know like one would have to ask him but well, you know like, obviously he's known for his plays but he is a trained actor and I think maybe considers himself an actor first because he certainly yeah. can and is an actor who yeah. could just write like the fucking Dickens. Well, like take that to its extreme. Can you imagine? Like this isn't what's happening to you, but like, can you imagine if if you were like, I am an actor, and you were writing, and everyone was like, No, you're a writer. Like you're not an actor. You're a writer. And mm, like, that's right. not what's happening to you, obviously. But like, right. can you imagine that extreme? Like, what would you do? What would what would you do, Nikki? If you if you like, I mean, I if, think if society overwhelmingly was just like, you want to act, that's fine, but. You're a writer. That's what you should do. It's kind of my biggest fear because <gasps> it is. It's a big fear of mine because how I feel, how I want to get into the industry, like weasel my way in there, is <laughs> that I want my writing to have such a reputation that people who want to produce my play mm-hmm. will have to take me with it. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's what I want. Right. Um, You're a package deal with That's your work. what I want it to be a package deal. It's like, well, if you want this, then I'm playing the lead because I wrote it for myself. How interesting. Mm-hmm. So take it or don't like Mm -hmm. you know that's what I want it's not what's going on now although I have like this year decided that like I will only do paid things which Mm -hmm. is something that like you know sounds (laughs) too too creative sounds very very kind of um 
what's it's it a, called? It's a victory. Momentous. Yeah. yeah. But to everyone else is like, what? well, yeah, surely that's how it works. And you're like, no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. no. No, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. So that's in but acting. That's, that's in writing. I, uh, you know, the, the deadlines I'm always writing for like fellowships or um, festivals or whatever. They, if they're not, if I don't get commission, I'm definitely getting a cash prize. Yeah. At least like that's offered. Yeah. Or it's a reputable company where I'm like, well, having that on my resume will, will put me to that, excuse me, that next level. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that would, I, going back to your question, I think that would really upset me because I've always, always, always wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. What if it was about something else? What if you were like, what if, some, what if you were like, like you're a great chef, you should be chef. That was one that was coming <laughs> into my brain was yeah. chef. And then I started going even stranger and was <laughs> like, you are like, your superpower is you can jump really good. <laughs> you got to be in basketball or you got to be a hurdler. And you were like, yeah. I don't want to. I, I want to be an actor. I'm over 30. I can't do that now. <laughs> I guess you could use that, right? I guess. And like like you were saying, right? I guess you could you could be a superpower jumper and then be like, so I'm very, fam- very famous for being a superpower jumper. Somebody cast me in your movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess... I don't know. The question of success is so put on on what like society thinks is successful. Like if you have a, if you own a house, if you have like 2.5 children and a marriage, you're successful or whatever. I don't want any of those things. And so it's like, how do you mark for someone where that's not important? How do you mark success? Well, you said earlier Mm -hmm. you're talking about uh, goalposts. Yeah. uh, Right. Like are those and sort of like being a little introspective, like how much are those goalposts? things that you set or things that society sets through you or like what like I mean where are they right now right now they're ones I've set nice and it's stuff that like I have arguments with my mother a lot because she doesn't get the industry and she doesn't get what I'm doing and we actually had a big argument the other week because she answered the phone with I think you should go back to school and I think it should be for nursing. And I'm like, have you, have you met me? I'm the most squeamish person ever. (laughs) Like I have to look away when they're taking blood. Like this is not, and she's like, well then be like a bank manager and then you can still do acting. And I'm like, oh yeah, because there's a bunch (laughs) of people uh that work nine to five at a bank and then go and do it. She's like, well, Nikki, like be, be a teacher, like a kindergarten teacher. And I'm like, oh yeah. Cause that's not like babysitting and teachers are getting so much pay and so much appreciation. So much respect. Yeah. And she was just like, she's like, I just think you need to be doing something. And it's, it's funny because she goes back and forth with like, never like stop what you want to do. Never give up. Never like do what you want. And, be the best at it but then there are times where she's like i hate that you don't have money yeah i'm like me you know? too and i'm like yeah preach <laughs> we've like, had a lot of artists on lately i gotta get like a doctor on here who will also be like yeah my parents don't understand that i want to be a doctor and they're like, why don't you go into something that gives you more free time or like, or like <laughs> a, a, it's a doctor that like has a certain specialty and the parents are like why didn't you go into this part of it or yeah. why are you a gynecologist why couldn't you be a brain surgeon i just because don't understand I'm, because i'm a pervert mom <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by that. All <laughs> do, do you think it's just because parents are just never satisfied with what their kids do? Maybe, I and know. I think that in a very parents f- have their own goalposts. Yeah, never they get met. do. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe. I, I I think yes, parents are never satisfied for their children. But I think that in a very f- philanthropic way, like I, I I give parents the benefit of the doubt in that yeah. way. There is definitely a like a side of that argument which is. 
I never got to do the things that I want to do, so I'm going to like project those insecurities onto you and be upset that you're not getting to do things. But I think there's also just like, like us, right? Mm. We look at goalposts and we go, oh, I made that. What's next? Right? Yeah. We never go like, I did it. I'm successful. I don't have to do anything anymore. And I think for our parents, it's the same thing. I think when we get mm. to a milestone, they go, great. What's next? Keep going. Like, let's, it's a human like, thing. Yeah. This never satisfied thing. Yeah. We all hate ourselves know. and each other. That's that's a human thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's, I don't know. Yeah. How, how, this sort of segues into like, so sometimes we talk about it on the podcast, professional success uh, is one thing uh, there's also personal success you were talking about earlier you had you used to have some social life <laughs> um uh i'm like uh well i'm i guess it's hard because you know in a big city like this you get tunnel vision and you don't like, lincoln tunnel mm-hmm. vision uh, no oh, and there's like there's sorry, times stupid. where i'm like i haven't like talked i haven't like gone out with a girlfriend <laughs> in months just yeah. to shoot the shit or like i haven't like i'm in a city that has all these things going on and it's like i haven't been to uh an exhibit or i haven't been to yeah. that like i'm in the city but i don't know what's in the city what's going on and like people come <laughs> people come to visit like where should we go and i'm like i can tell you where you should go eat <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you like, where you should order a seamless from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm uh, perpetually single. Hi, boys. Um, oh, date Nikki yeah. Hatzidis. <laughs> at, at this point in time, like, I mean, I would want, I want a serious relationship, but it seems like no one else does. Mm. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I've lived, I lived in two very big metropolitan cities for a good, for m- my entire adult life. And it just seems that, People are in it for their own um, ambitions mm-hmm. and relationships are just very, very secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also tough in New York. There's such a proximity game, right? Like, like yeah. dating someone in a different borough is, is, is a long distance is, relationship. It's apparent, apparently a deal breaker, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, we made it work. <laughs> we did make it work. You lived in a different state. I was in Jersey and you were in Harlem. Sometimes, so. you know, it. I mean, it. That's what I'm saying. If people really want something, they'll do it. it well, just it's also like, yeah. we met when I was also like, I'm ready for a serious relationship. And I yeah. was in a place where I was like, I don't want to be with anybody. Right. Yeah. Right. I was very oh, happy so maybe you should do with that. the idea of being just, by myself. Yeah. Just which, which don't one? Don't date Nikki. <laughs> Everyone stay away. She is not interested right now. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Say it. It's just, you say it. <laughs> um, I, n- no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, I really No, like, am. I mean... I, but I've I've done that too. I've done the like hookups and like you know being around men who clearly just want to get me in their pants and they're very overt about it. They're like, just come to my place, and I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that, your last name. That I don't know your last name, <laughs> and this is how women get murdered. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, um, you know, I've done that. Uh. I've uh, yeah I've done some stupid shit when it comes to dating, but um, Ugh, we all have. Yeah, mean, Megan has. Don't you don't you worry. That's good me. Stories, but like it is <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and you know I am I am tired of I'm tired of the games, and I'm tired because I, I don't play games. I'm very upfront, and I'm like this is what I want, mm-hmm. and <laughs> apparently that to people is like uh, stop. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I'm in a place where that is something I'm I'm willing to do, but it's you know, well, I, it's it's just it's the it's also the dating culture of being in a big city where everyone is just 
there's always that idea that there's a better person just to swipe away or um, people can disappear very easily because, yeah. you know, you're not dating your coworkers or you're not, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks. <laughs> but it beats dating in L.A. All right. Does it? I don't know. Oh, I'm, yeah, for sure. I've never dated in L.A., so I don't know. Hmm. I haven't either. Come on, come on. I've never been to LA. So I've well, never been to LA. Maybe go to, you've never been? I've never been to the West Coast. I yeah, might go next same. month. I might go next you month. You should go. I might. You my, shouldn't a go. Family. You'd hate it, Megan. <laughs> I would go, I would look forward to like Northern California. We're going go to go to Northern California. But yeah. I feel like I couldn't, you couldn't airdrop me in LA and make me have a good time. <laughs> same. And be like, you know, if we're there for like a week or a couple yeah. of days. I'm sure it's fun. But yeah. like, they're like, you need to live here now. I'd be like, Megan, my, my writing partner recently moved to L.A. And we we do this like strange Skype calls or FaceTime calls where we're uh, we're trying we write and we're, we're, we're making it work. Mm-hmm. But she's like, you should come visit. And I'm like, no, <laughs> mm, I don't we're going to go to L.A. for a weekend. You are going to hate it. <laughs> I mean, and, and I've had friends who I trained with who went there, lived there for three or four years and came back. I'm like, I have a suspicion that I would hate it over there. Yeah. Am I right? They're like, yeah, you would hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, we got to start wrapping up. So, oh, okay. Nikki. Can, can yeah. I just say one thing? I don't know. Can you? Um, going back to the writer-actor right. I- identity thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I've said this in previous episodes or not, but this is a conversation that I had with a guest that we had named Jill Darman, uh-huh. who's a, she's a director, she's a choreographer, um, she's a member of the Labyrinth Theater Company and runs a nonprofit called Developing Artists. And she is somebody who has like an uncanny ability to see like what the person is and like what they do, mm-hmm. even if it's like before they realize it or even do the thing. And I asked her, and David is a good example, and I think it applies to you. I've only met you today. Okay. But clearly from like the writing that you do and like your background as an actor, I think it also applies to you. Okay. I was like, what do you think? I know, you you know, like down to my core, I think out of all the things that I can do, I'm probably an actor. She's like, right. And I, and I know to you, you have many, many, many skill sets, but down to your core, you are a director more than anything. She's like, right. I said, what about David? Because he seems to do everything pretty evenly across the board. She's like, I think he's one of those rarities where he wears all the hats and they're all the same size. Hmm. And I think that applies to you. You're acting and you're writing hats are the same size. So like oh. one doesn't come without the other. So I when somebody's so. trying, yeah, when somebody's trying to pinpoint you as a writer, that yeah. would be incorrect because you still got that, that other big hat that's like right next to it. Thanks, Megan. Yes. Nice hats. <laughs> yes. That's Nikki nice hats. I didn't realize I was a hat person. Oh yeah. my God. It's you know, right there in yeah. your name the whole time. <laughs> but oh yeah. Like, <laughs> but like down to your core, you're not the one thing. You are actually probably at the very least the, the two things together. Well, yeah. while while we're getting all smooshy, the yeah. last question I have for you is: Do you have any advice? Advice about success. Oh gosh. Um. Someday someone's just gonna be like, no. Um. <laughs> 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 my, I mean, my advice about success is: you should, if you really, really love something. Mm-hmm and feel very, very passionate about it, find a way to do it every day or something that will help it along every day. Yeah. Take breaks if you need because we all get in that place and mentally, like, it's fine to take breaks and to, you know, unplug and not do it and don't feel like it is something you have to do every day. But I think, and I'm trying to learn this too, and it's like, do something that you love every day and something that moves you closer to that goalpost. And celebrate 
the quote unquote small victories. Because if you're constantly looking at that one point and you feel like you're, it's always just that far in the distance, you're never reaching it. You're, you're missing out on what you are doing in the current moment. Mm -hmm. And that is just as important as that goalpost. And one day you might be sitting in your bedroom in your childhood home and you might look up at a vision board you made when you were 12 and you're like, (laughs) Oh, Hey, I've, like completely surpassed this goalpost. Yeah. Look, check me out. <laughs> you know, That's I love fair. it. Um, cool. I'm gonna do the outro spiel. Okay. In the meantime, since you're the writer, you think of a tagline for this podcast that's been going on no. for almost a year that doesn't have a tagline. Ready? Have it. I, I can't do. Don't, yeah. Why would you put me? I need time to brainstorm. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dress for the Podcast. You want my name is David Andrew Laws. I've been your host. My co-host has been Megan Greener, and my guest today, Nikki Hatzidis. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening. You can go to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that jazz to interact with us. Uh, thank you to Dimly Wit, our networks. Network. Network. I don't know what I was going to say after that. Network sponsor. Network. But that's not true. They are our <laughs> network. Uh, starring Brian Cranston. And you can go to dimlywit.com to listen to this podcast as well as others like Bad Examples with Tracy DeMarco and Jessica Romano and The Dallas People Alive. And what else do I want to talk about? There's a new one b- b- below the fold. Below the fold, <laughs> um, there's all sorts of fun stuff, and I'm gonna pitch some more to Alan soon. He just doesn't, he doesn't even know it. <laughs> um, thank you to our Patreon donors, Laura St. Pierre, Patrick Marin, and Dr. Michelle East. I want to uh, build a blanket fort with all my Patreon donors because <laughs> they're so great. It could be one of those quilts with uh, with their faces on. No, I don't want to make a quilt. I want to make a blanket fort that we can all sit in. Can it be a quilt though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's it. So, with our tagline from our resident writer, Nikki Hadzidis, this has been Dress for the Podcast You Want. Don't forget to drink water. <laughs> <laughs>